Love is a four-letter word, Redeeming the Time Brothers podcast, a podcast by Gene Kissinger and Norman Kissinger, two brothers who spent their lives in ministry and raising large families. Our desire is to provide a digital place for those who long to belong. This is a series called Maximum Marriage out of a, based on a book by John Maxwell of the same name. I adapted it for a Sunday school class that I did some 20 years ago, but it is still pertinent and powerful today. We're in the eighth of the lessons, and I want to talk to you about love, the nature of love, and what it means, and how we can demonstrate love within the marriage context. One of the things that we need to understand is that the problems that manifest in marriage almost always are at a point of contact. In other words, where the two where the two individuals meet together at that point of contact is what we call communication. Now, communication either makes it better that that contact makes it a pleasant contact or makes it a painful contact, depending on how we're communicating with our mates. If we're using bad communication skills, if we're using bad motives in communication, then our point of contact is going to be painful and destructive. And so any any talking about relationships has to come to this point of communication to talking about it. And also we have to talk about love because when love motivates our communication, then we're more likely to not just endure the relationship, but enjoy the relationship because we're actually working in tandem rather than rather than the conflict that we've talked about before and I, I don't want to reiterate that too much because we dealt with that in previous lessons um, so talking about love <laughs> here's he gives a poem uh, about love I want to read this little poem it says love is a four little word consisting of two consonants L and V two vowels O and E and two fools U and me uh, well, anyway, that certainly is us. We we find ourselves in love, hopefully, uh, within the marriage relationship, but we don't know how to make it last, and we don't know how to make it uh, passionate uh, over the long haul. So we need to study that out. So what can we do to understand this concept of love better? Once you understand that love is probably the missing ingredient in your relationship, then you can take steps to deal with it. Because here's what happens. You get married, uh, and, you know, it's big wedding day, and then you get married, and you go through what they call the honeymoon phase. And if the honeymoon phase is over, then two people are looking at each other, and they're feeling stagnant. Uh, they don't feel the same feelings that they used to feel. And so then they begin to get irritated very easily with each other, and they get to picking at each other, and... and raising their voice at each other and and really fault-finding each other. It's a dangerous time within a marriage relationship. And so we want to talk about how to reignite that love. But what you have to do is you got to define love. Love for the common culture is maybe best illustrated when you would say, I love an orange. And so you say, I love an orange. And you what you mean by that is not so much that you love the orange itself, but you love what the orange does for you. You love when you squeeze the orange into orange juice and you drink that cold glass of orange juice in the morning and you can feel it. It, it, it adds vitamin C to you. It makes you feel better. It, it's got that uh, fructose in it. So you're, you're just jazzed for the day, ready to go. So you love what orange juice does for you. But then once you have the orange all squeezed out, there's no more orange juice in it. All you've got is this husk of what was an orange, the peel. And then you, because you've already got everything that you can out of it, you discard the orange. Well, I'm afraid a lot of us do that with our marriage relationship. 
we, we say, I love you to our mate. And what we mean by that is, I love what you do for me. I love what I can get out of you. And then when we wring out of them all that we can get out of them, and all that's left is that little husk or that little peel, then we just crumple it up and throw it away. Because we had a misconception about what love was. Love isn't, I'm getting something from you. Love is me pouring my life into you, being committed to you. And so we're going to break down in a little bit this idea of agape love. Agape is a word, a uniquely biblical word that was in the Greek language, but used almost exclusively within the context of the Bible. Uh, it was one we sort of hijacked and, and used in, in powerful ways because it describes a kind of love that God wants us to have for each other and wants us to have for Him. And it's, it's just talked about or described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where the Apostle Paul when, when you hear me read the word charity, uh, what we're talking about here is agape love. Uh, other translations will say love. This is charity. The King James uses the word charity because charity was a giving kind of love, an active love where you gave to somebody else. And I, I kind of think that probably speaks well to the word. 1 Corinthians 13.1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Charity never fails, for, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part should be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now by faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is love. It's fascinating here that he, he essentially says, I used to think like a child. But then I put away childish things. Uh, we need to put away a childish understanding of what marriage is, of what love is. Love is a giving. Of, it's not just an emotion. It's a giving action. It, it pours into the life of the other. So let's break down just what he says here, 1 Corinthians 13, about what makes agape love different than what we would think of in the, the other kind of love. First of all, love is patient. Love enables you to endure offenses from your mate, even though even though everyone around you wants you to retaliate. In, in other words, you don't just instantly go into the attack mode and start a war over who uh, who told who to load the dishwasher. You know, most of probably 90% of fights within marriages are over stupid stuff that we shouldn't have been fighting about in the first place. And, and stuff that we should just overlook and take care of. Does it really matter that the thing didn't make it in the hamper? Does it, does it really matter that, you know, dinner's late? Does it really matter? You know, and we, we end up fighting over stuff that's just nonsensical. And so love is patient.
and it puts up with those human failings and fault lines or in the in another person. Now that doesn't mean that we should be subject to abuse or anything of that nature, but hopefully you have enough wisdom to discern between those two things, between just the normal day-to-day -day, uh, somebody rubbed me the wrong way and, and somebody being abusive to you. And if you can't, then you need to drill down on that subject a little bit. Love is kind. Love always seeks the kindest response in a situation. One of the things that I, I'm in despair of in our current culture is we are so caustic in, in every interaction that we have with other people, it's everything is uh, is combative. You know, everything's got to be a war. Everything's got to be somebody wins. And and uh, and man, I I certainly find myself falling into that. And we need to work on kindness. I was convicted about that just yesterday. We need to work on kindness. Love is not jealous. Love is never displeased at the success or blessings that come upon your mate. Sometimes your mate will succeed and do well, and, and other people will notice them, and they, they may be uh, just in awe of them, and we need to be careful that we don't get jealous of them and then kind of get in a competitive mode. Love doesn't brag. It never brags on, on your strengths. When you come home, you're like, oh, I did this, I did that. I'm, you know, I'm super, you know, and, and try to make the other person little by making yourself big. That's not good. Love isn't arrogant, not proud. There, there are some people, <laughs> pride is the is the disease that you, when somebody else has it and it turns their head, you wish it would wring their neck. <laughs> you, we hate to see pride in other people, but we often don't notice it within ourselves. We've got to be careful that we're not proud and arrogant people. Um, so it's not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It's not rude or cutting in, in, in words or in actions. Love does not seek its own. It's not selfish. Uh, we need to be people that give. Um, that you know, are, are, are you the person that always fights over the remote control? Are you the person that always has to have control? Uh, then you need to learn to give. Learn to to give the other person. It doesn't seek its own. It's not selfish. Love is not provo easily provoked. It, it, it's not just. <laughs> There's some people that go around with what we call a chip on the shoulder. They're always looking for a fight, and, and they're looking for a fight in their marriage in particular. We can't be that kind of person. Don't always be looking for a fight. And instead, be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Uh, love doesn't take into account or, or wrong suffered. And he used the example, we don't keep a Rolodex of wrongs, but nobody has a Rolodex anymore, so they have no idea what that is. Uh, maybe you would think there's no document on your computer that says a list of wrong things that my wife or my husband did to me that I'm going to pull up when we get into the next fight. I don't know what technology you use, but certainly we need to not keep a record of wrongs. A love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Instead, the motive of agape love is holiness within both the husband and the wife. Um, it's not happy when something bad happens to our mate. It doesn't, they don't say it serves him, it, it, or serves him right, or serves her right. That's not the deal. Uh, love rejoices in the truth. In heated arguments, sometimes it come, becomes apparent that your mate is right, and instead of admitting the truth, we we uh, we actually double down on the argument, even though we know we're wrong. So love rejoices in the truth, even if it means I have to say I'm so so so, so sorry I was r r r r wrong. Uh, <laughs> and those are hard words to say, aren't they? Uh, Love bears all things. It equips you to deal with your mate's wrongs and, and not broadcast them over the evening news. Love believes all things. It's hard to think bad about someone who thinks that you walk on water. Believe the best. Believe the best about your mate. That's most likely going to create a dynamic that's going to improve the marriage. 
Love hopes all things. There's a confident expectation that God will work in the life of your mate. I I always love Ruth Graham's uh, quote about Billy. She said, it's God's job to make Billy good. It's my job to love Billy. And that's exactly the attitude that we need to have toward our mate. It's not our job to scrub them up and and, uh, make them presentable to God. It's God's job to do that. And it's our job to love them while God is doing that. And he may use us in some fashion in that, but it's not our primary objective. Our primary objective is to love them. God's job is to make them holy. Love endures all things. Patience, patient endurance is a quality that proves our love. It enables one to endure a trial with a confident, joyful heart. The essence of love is this commitment and, and the communication of this commitment. Love endures all things. It doesn't give up easy. I, in a previous generation, when you ask how long somebody had been married, you almost always got decade answers. And now you get year answers and sometimes month answers and they don't make it much beyond that we need to work on this thing called marriage we need to work on love being something that we get from God and it flows out of us to our mates not something that we try to wring out of them where we get everything we can out of them and then throw them to the side we need to be giving into the relationship not just taking from the relationship Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these that are here under the sound of my voice. Give them an extra measure of blessing within their marriages. Help them, God, to move away from this taking concept of love to the giving context of love, that they might be able to have a dynamic marriage and they might grow in that marriage relationship. Help us, God, to be the kind of men and women that we need to be within our roles as husbands and wives that we might be a blessing to our mate, but also we might be an example to our children of what this thing called marriage looks like. Help us, God, to manifest it in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. You have a good Lord's Day.